Hello and welcome to the Beer and Loathing Podcast. Thanks for joining us for another episode. Sit back, crack open a piss-flavored beer, and drink along. I'm Pete M. in Grand Rapids, Michigan, joined by Sam Sly in Denver, Colorado. Today we have Kyle from Full Sail Brewing with us on the show. What's up, First guys? off, I'm sorry, and second <laughs> off, how are you and what are you thinking? That wasn't a natural pause room right there, so that was the right time to jump in and say howdy. <laughs> yeah, perfect. <laughs> that worked. <laughs> Uh, man, we're doing good. We're uh, hanging out at Spanglang here in uh, Denver. Uh, you know, we've been here before, Pete. Well, I have. I don't think I've brought you here yet, have I? No, I've only uh, been on with another podcast that you did from Spangling. Yeah, yeah, we it's talked with Taylor Spangling, here. I'm pretty sure, yeah. Yeah, but Kyle has the supreme convenience of living basically across the street. So this seemed like the optimal meeting point, and I haven't been here in a while. So That sounds dangerous and awesome at the same time. Yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful thing being in this neighborhood. I think there's at least eight to ten breweries within walking distance of uh, Five Points here, so not a bad neighborhood, and probably one of the deciding factors of why I moved here. Yeah, that's I'd say that's a good reason to plug yourself in anywhere at that point. Yeah, eight to ten. That's I, I think I'm over uh, near City Park and have two to three that I can think of that are like super close. Oh yeah. Um, and then anything else is maybe a mile-ish away, you know, all definitely walking distance. But I feel like if I had 10, I'd be, you know, just I couldn't make a decision because of too many options. So <laughs> That's it for sure. Yeah. There's so. one opening up right down the street from where I'm at, like seriously half a block away. I'm like super scared and excited at the same time. <laughs> I know I've talked about that before, but it's like getting closer and closer to opening day, and I'm like, oh, God, I was just going to work. Honestly, Pete, I don't remember if we did talk about that. Does it have a name? Yeah, it's uh, Brass Ring Brewery. Okay. Uh, they actually just put up their uh, sign. They, like, bought out this old uh, hot dog place. It was called the Dog King, and it was fucking huge, <laughs> like this huge place. And it didn't make sense that they just sold hot dogs there. But uh, they ended up closing, and these people bought it, and turned it into uh, a small batch German beer place. Oh, nice. That's apparently supposed to open pretty soon, so I'm pretty excited. That's badass. Hell yeah. Well, maybe by the time I actually come to visit you at your new place, which isn't that new anymore, they'll be open and we can walk down there and yeah. have a look. Yeah, sure. So, are you uh, are you drinking anything tonight, Pete? Um, I am drinking the... Uh, the uh, Golden Ale, the Kolsch by the American Kolsch by Boulevard. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's really good. Have you been getting Hoping much? I can... What's up? Have you been doing much Boulevard since they moved into Michigan? It's been maybe a year, but I've always been a big fan of their beer. Agreed. Uh, here and there, like they have an IPA that's really good, and I really like this Kolsch. So, if... um, when I when I see it come around, I, I usually grab it. If you ever happen to see any of their Smokestack steer Smokestack series. Uh, get some of that. Oh yeah, we get some of that. Through. Okay, that's. I mean, I mean, they're, I like all their beers, but that uh, the Smokestack series is where they get into some crazy shit. Like my favorite beer, possibly of all time, is their Rye on Rye. It's like a yeah. Rye ale and Rye whiskey <laughs> so barrels. Good. Yeah, so good. man. Oh, cool. One of my favorite, probably my top ten favorite beers. Yeah, Reds Rye and Founders has always been high on my list. So to add the Rye whiskey barrel aging to it is just stellar. It's money. Yeah, it yeah. sounds awesome. Yeah, we're, uh, I'm having the, uh, hell, uh, what was it? Shit, I should know this better, and I can't read the thing from here. The Hellas, it's Hellas Part 2, basically, back into Hellas. Bad out of Hellas, I bet. 
bat out of Hellas 2 back into Hell S. Hellas Lager at Spangling. And then I have a D train on deck because I've been slaving away in a in someone's backyard digging dirt for the past four hours and I need to make that pain go away. Yeah, I just had their fruit cat uh, or purple cat fruit sour. Uh, super good, solid bodied sour. Uh, nice tartness finish. Um, assuming blackberries. Um, but yeah, it was super good and refreshing. And already on to the D train here. <laughs> just burned through that one. Yeah, that was quick. 10 yeah. ounce pour. Yeah, it was, it was a little guy. Yeah, this Hellas is going down really easy. And, you know, as any good lager should, it's very clear and very clean. And to the Heck point. Yeah. Oh, man. So, Kyle, tell us a little bit about, uh, you know, what's been going on. Uh, you know, you're with Full Sail. Um, I'm familiar with them just because they're, you know, one of the older craft breweries in the country. You know, they've been around for a while. And I had the extreme pleasure of pouring for Full Sail at uh, some beer festival. I can't remember what it's called anymore. I just knew I fell off my bike on the way home from it. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I got randomly assigned to a booth, and it was Full Sail. And so... Uh, uh, Sweet. It was interesting because at beer festivals, if you're pouring for a brewery, people automatically assume you work there. So they're like, "Oh yeah, oh where are you from?" You know, blah. blah. They're asking me these questions. I'm like, "Dude, I'm just a volunteer. I would. I, I know they're from Oregon. That's right. as much as I've picked up at this point. Like, I Google that shit on my phone. Uh, <laughs> you know, like, uh, tell us about what's going on with them. Uh, you know, a lot of stuff, guys. Um, I mean, first of all, we hit our 30 year anniversary. So we started up in 1987 in an old kind of fruit canning plant right off the Columbia River and Hood River um, in Oregon there. Um, we've expanded exponentially. Right now, I think we're doing close to 100,000 barrels a year. Um, nice. The facility can actually produce up to 250,000 barrels a year. Uh, so we're talking uh, to get some other stuff going. Uh, next year is going to be a big year for us. We just installed a full high-speed canning line. Uh, we are always just bottles. And then on the session side, which we also brew, uh, the little 11-ounce stubby bottles. Uh, yeah. Speaking of lagers, you know, the session lager has been out now for about almost 13 years. Um, it kind of changed the game of having a beer on the shelf at a liquor store that was in between domestic and craft beer pricing. And it's all the same ingredients, same facility, same everything. And that's one goal at World Beer Championship. Uh, GABF, uh, Session Black, followed that up with a Session Fest. Uh, next year will be pretty fun. we got some new stuff coming, Session Lager and Cans now. Nice. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard being a brewery that's 30 years old and trying to reinvent yourself enough to be prevalent in the market and to be on people's minds. Um, the big thing we did last year was we revamped all of our packaging which hadn't really been done in about 12 years. So oh, wow. it had that old, your grandma's basement, musty look to it. And <laughs> the beers were still good, but it didn't pop on the shelf with all the new stuff coming out. So we had a guy by the name of MIQ, uh, used to be the head designer for Hot Wheels and Motley Crue, and he's done album covers for Deftones, and, or actually Ramones and Metallica. Nice. Uh, good buddy of mine. He hand draws everything. Um, he's really helped pro- propel us into a very competitive market. Um, Colorado specifically is our third largest market in the country. Uh, next, obviously, uh, Oregon and Washington. So, sure. And I managed to stay pretty much by myself. So it's definitely a lot to a lot of running around. Uh, Colorado is a big state with a lot of mountains in your way. So hell yeah, people uh, people love us even being out of state, which is great. Yeah, I always like that Colorado is super welcoming to you know 
breweries that you know the that respect you know the craft and if they have the passion and the you know the drive with it yeah you know colorado's all about it you know oh, they love it and the thing is colorado's such a melting pot of people from all over the united states and a lot yeah, of people definitely. honestly from the west coast so a lot of people living here are familiar with the brand already which is great and uh you know we got a lot of good placements a lot of good partnership and you know it's all relationship driven you know if you have good beer it's then can you follow through on relationships and whether it's restaurants or liquor stores so yeah absolutely yeah it's been a i've been a restaurant guy for almost 19 years um i own two uh beer bars in seattle and so understanding the on-premise which is restaurant side and bar side i think was very key you know usually as a whole our brewery does about 10 percent of our business in restaurants and 90 okay. percent in liquor stores um oh, wow. we're i'm over 30 percent in restaurants and 70 percent in liquor or uh, in re- 30% restaurants, 70% in liquor stores. So okay. um, we got a lot of good movers and a lot of good draft lines with a lot of good people here in Denver um, and Fort Collins and so other you, areas. You do both on and off premise? Everything, yeah. Oh, right on, yep. okay. Yep, all by myself. Yeah, we've had, uh, like I mentioned kind of before we started, we've had some other sales reps on before from other breweries. And I think usually, I know I know one in particular was... Off premise liquor stores. Yeah, I always need to question my own <laughs> logic on on premises. You drink it there. Off premises, you take it with you. Yep, exactly. So uh, we had one that was you know specifically off premise, and honestly, Pete, do you remember if Mike was on and off or just off? Or I'm pretty sure he's on and off. Okay, because I, mean, I know he goes to. If he's not off, then he's on because I know he goes to like different bars and stuff, and will like have food and drink there and stuff. So yeah, and I know he was at uh, Logan's Alley, which is a beer bar in Grand Rapids, selling mm-hmm. stuff. So I, I know he does at least on stuff. Okay, so, that makes sense. And that, I mean, Saugatuck's a smaller brewery too, so they probably like to condense wherever they can in that one. But uh, yeah, so. It, it, do you like prefer dealing with one or the other? Like, is you is, know, it's kind of nice. I mean, being a restaurant guy. I mean, you know, I was a buyer for my place and other restaurants in Denver and in Seattle for you know fifteen of those years, and so building my relationships with either the distributor and or the supplier rep, you know, and if I get good service and somebody that follows through with their promises. I'm going to carry their beer if it's good beer. You sure. know, it's so competitive. So how do you weed them out? You know, I, I think there's a lot of reps out there that are maybe lazy or just aren't as good with building that relationship. And I think that's where I win. And being on that side for most of my life and understanding costs and bringing our keg price to the table and be like, hey, this is what you charge, this is what you make. And coming to them with all the hard fact numbers yeah. is way better on my end than them having to figure it out or not charge the right price and you know honestly there's a lot of very very expensive beer and it's hard to make money on that beer because you're paying two hundred dollars for a five point you know whatever gallon six barrel of of beer yeah and that's just ridiculous you know i know that certain breweries think that they should charge as much as they do which i think is honestly bullshit it's just gotten so overpriced that you know when i'm paying i paid twelve dollars for an eight ounce kettle sour Mm. the other day like Christ what the fuck is going on with this yeah. world like I know what it costs to make beer and a kettle sour is not that different or a goza goza is more affordable to make than most other styles from what I understand and you know at this point it's just like you're putting yourself on such a pedestal that you're making your beer almost 
unavailable for the regular consumer. You know, it's yeah. all about volume. And if you can sell beer that goes down smooth, tastes great, is going to leave an everlasting impression for that person to come back and buy it at the bar or buy it at a liquor store, that's how you succeed. And I just think a lot of places just don't understand that quite yet. And they're not to scale to do kegs and they just have to overcharge to make up for their cost. And it's just, you know, I understand if you're small, but, you know, just make it at least affordable and scale the volume to make it affordable for people yeah. to drink your beer. You know, at some point it feels like they're almost catering to the the whale hunters, you know, I'm familiar with the term whales, yeah. bro. Yeah. Big old Ahab hunters, whatever. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> it's, I, I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm uh, guilty as anyone of, like, going to Avery and buying a $12 12 ounce bottle of something from their smoke or whatever their barrel age series yeah totally but uh yeah at the same time when i buy that i'm like god damn is that actually necessary like this beer is good but i bet i could find one being poured at a local brewery not being distributed right and you know you can get a 10 ounce pour for something that's gonna be less than a dollar an ounce yeah on the spot and you know, it just feels like some places are are really catering to those whale hunters or whatever right. we want to call Small them percentage of the beer drinkers yeah 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 but i i like that you wanted like you know talk about the, the general beer drinker because that's who we on this show like to, we like to talk to them like that's it man i mean i like to drink you know a, a big heavy nice beer and i yeah. don't care what it costs very you know i do it but you know 95 percent of my beer drinking is a well-balanced well-made drinkable beer at an affordable price and i think it's harder and harder to yeah, find sure. to find that and it's you know it's kind of sad it's you know the whole goal especially here in colorado is and you know we can get on this topic which is a you know substantial topic but you know we get a lot of people moving here from all over the country let's say the midwest that don't necessarily have a lot of craft beer to choose from that's locally made yeah. And so they've been drinking Bud Light, Coors Light. All those beers are great. I don't mind those beers. You know, I'm playing horseshoes and I'm outside drinking for 10 hours. I need yeah. those beers to get me through it, right? But <laughs> at the end of the day, they don't necessarily have a palate for what a good craft beer should taste like. Yeah. So, I mean, I've gone to, I'd say, three breweries in the last six months. Just neighborhood. They don't distribute. And I've paid, you know, my five, six bucks a pint. And most of the time, I can't finish the beer. It's not balanced. It's... If I had it the first time and it tasted all right, I have a second time, it tastes totally different. And, you know, I think that's the thing. It's like these pubs are still packed because the general beer drinker doesn't know what they're drinking. Yeah, they're not. And I've always stressed, like, education is going to be the big next step in terms of bringing over these, right. you know, the, these general drinkers to, right. you know, the, the more craft side, however you want to call it and stuff. And, you know, it, it, I still I still stick by the drink what you like. You know, I, I'm right. a huge PBR fan. Like, anyone that's actually listened to the show more than once has probably heard me mention PBR right. at least a dozen times. I've drank more PBR than probably craft beer in my <laughs> life right? growing up in Wisconsin. Um, so I totally agree, but I think the best example, like, I'll go to, you know, let's say a fancy restaurant, and I'll order the simplest thing on the menu before I venture out into other things on my next yes. visit. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And so when I go to these little local breweries that I've never heard of, never had their beer, I'll try their most basic beer. And here's, you know, they got one or two basic traditional styles and then all this other weird, wacky shit. And it, half the time I don't even get past that basic style because they can't even do that right. So why am I going to go and try something different? Yeah, you know, it just it, it baffles. And end up spending more money on something that ultimately you're not going to like. That I can't even finish. And I'm, yeah, I'm. I don't consider myself a beer snob, but I'm also not going to just drink a shitty beer 
just because I paid five bucks. <laughs> yeah, for the sake of yeah, just for, for the sake of fishing, it. you know, yeah, no, no man left behind. That's... Yeah, I'll pay for it and go somewhere else. But you know, I think starting and scaling small. I mean, full sail. You know, in the late, the late '80s, we won our first gold at GABF with our with our amber, and we're still making that beer today. And it still is one. It's the number one selling amber in the Pacific Northwest. It's a great basic style. It's clean, it's simple session lager, clean, simple German Hellas lager. Same freaking recipe. Like it's easy drinking. It's clean. It's yeah. balanced. Like, fuck guys, where the hell is that good balanced beer? Yeah, you know? and it's just sad. So you mentioned the the Pacific Northwest because obviously you know that's full sales, you know, home base and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and we're talking about pricing and <clears throat> excuse me and and. Uh, how it seems like it's inflating and getting kind of fucking crazy. Right. I went to Portland for my first time in April. Like, have you spent much time in Portland? Quite a bit, yeah. So, have you noticed that the beer is so much fucking cheaper there? Yeah. Like, at, at the breweries? And, like, I don't know if it's because they just have more breweries per capita in the city of Portland. Or or, or they just figure out how to manufacture it on the cheap, finally. Like, I mean... And you're saying from the source, right? You're saying yeah, from the like at the itself. brewery. Yeah, I'm not right. saying like if you go out to the store and buy it. I didn't do much right. of that, but when I went right. to breweries, I noticed the four to five dollar range yep. was more common than where in here in Denver and other spots in Colorado, it's the six to seven dollar range Easy. for a pint of you know a, a, a standard type beer that right you know like you said I I know it goes into them and unless they're fucking super crazy well, age for 12 months and all this other stuff yeah that's yeah. fine yeah yeah but i think you know the thing is when you go to the source you know the, the brewery that's making the beer on site there's no middleman involved at all yeah so why wouldn't you want to sell it at an affordable rate there's a balance though because you don't want to undercut your restaurants that are buying your beer maybe three blocks down but you want to be close you know i'd yeah. say a dollar less than what you would pay at the restaurant down the street that carries the same beer yeah, I'd right? agree with that. And they're that still making me. a shit ton of money on it because they're brewing it on site, you know, for pennies on the dollar. So, yeah. you know, it, it, surprisingly, Portland being a more expensive city, yes, it is more competitive with more breweries. But, yeah, they're they're charging the right rate. Yeah. You and know, if I go to the source, I should be feeling like I get a good deal. And that's exactly what I felt, and that's why I was kind of flabbergasted. Like, I was expecting to pay out the fucking ass right. for oh, yeah. my entire trip there. and. I mean, we basically went to volunteer for running events, so we didn't eat out a ton. Like, we ate out a little bit, right. but, uh, you know, we mostly, like, kind of did our own thing with food. Yeah. And, but all the brews we went to, I was like, this is so it's awesome. affordable. Yeah. Yeah, it's great. You know, they might have food trucks, but that's what they have to attract people there. Yeah. You know, yeah, restaurants have here. their food and all the other stuff. That's great. That's why people go there. I go there to have yeah. a great meal and to have a good beer paired with my food. But when I go to a brewery, I want to feel like I'm getting a good deal. Yeah. And trying stuff that I can't get anywhere else, too, I think is key. Yeah. And that's I think that's just part of me, like, growing up as turning – I like to say my adulthood is me I'm less about volume drinking, which is kind of a lie, but it's still <laughs> more about uh, being able to try different stuff. Like, it's – I love talking to people that have the – aversion to samplers like there's some people who are diehard against sampler platters they're like no you order a full pint for the full experience like that doesn't make sense to me you can get the full experience in a fucking four ounce taster yeah but you know it's i don't again it's different strokes for different folks so it's it's all it's all interesting to me like the way the the beer industry has evolved and how long have you been with full sail i'll be almost two years okay um, but I, my restaurant in Seattle was... That's right. They did a Brewmaster series for a long time. They still do it with Full Sail. And 
my little beer bar in Seattle was one of the number one accounts in the Northwest. So I got to know, you know, John Harris, which is now the head brewer and owner of Ecliptic Brewing out of Portland. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, he's a buddy, and you know, gaining this respect and culture that Full Sail had. You know, I volunteered for all the events in Colorado when I first moved back out here, and you know, they reached out to me saying they had a position open to to run the state of Colorado and. It was an easy, it was a no-brainer for me. It's like sure. I know everybody at the brewery. I know the culture. It's like it's exactly what I was looking for. And I think culture is is big in any job you have, whether, you know, you're working in an office and you can crack a beer on Friday at noon yeah. or 2 o'clock, you know, and enjoy your day with your coworkers, um, or if it's a brewery and people are realistic and all have the same goal and passion of selling great beer at an affordable price and having fun doing it. I mean, shit, it's... I saw my dad hate his job most of his life, and it's like I'd never want to be that way. I want to go to work and be happy and have excitement. Yeah. And that's why I think we do so well is having that excitement behind the brand. A fucking men on that one. Yeah, it's fun. So this is <laughs> – I got to laugh because this is honestly the most topical I think we've gotten in the show in a while. But uh, let's, let's, let's back it up and talk about this can I'm looking at right now. Um, that you brought. So sneak that you peak, said we are allowed to peak. talk about. Yep. This is uh this is a sample can just on graphics. The beer has already uh, been developed and will be coming out I think in January or February of next year. And as I said, we're getting a little bit more creative. I mean we brewed our first adjunct beer, which is our blood orange wheat last April. Wow, um, really it hit the Colorado market like wildfire. Yeah, uh, they brewed it for me year round on draft because I had over twenty draft handles just in Denver. I mean, it's a Damn. light, tart citrus, and the beer just continued to grow in sales throughout the winter, which we didn't expect. So that turned into a year round. This beer is going to be kind of a fun follow up. Um, it's a pomelo and grapefruit pale ale called Citrus Maximus. Um, super easy drinking. It's going to be a slam dunk for us, I think, next year and. You know, going the adjunct route was something that traditionally we hadn't done, and you know, adding some natural fruit, natural flavors to the beer. Yeah, it's uh, you know, I see things going in the direction of, fuck, I love a good pale ale. Yeah, exactly. You can't beat a good pale ale. Actually, when you were talking about uh, how you would go to a brewery and you know go with their basic stuff right. first, it was about three or four years ago where I found myself doing the exact same thing, where it's like, all right, I'll you know take my first impression of a brewery based on their pale ale because yeah. you know that's it's a simple style right that can be very hard to nail if you know you're you're trying too hard or right. if you're not yeah same as a lager same as a lager yeah exactly right? yeah there's not a lot to hide any uh any fucking cleanliness issues or any of that stuff but right so is this a uh, label done by your uh, buddy that yeah this is done by about? miq all hands are on it's cool. Yeah, super, super dope. It's going to pop off the shelf for sure. It's going to be available in our can variety pack along with an Airstream trailer collaboration IPA that will only be able to be available in that variety pack oh, interesting. Uh, next year. Yeah, we teamed up with Airstream this last year. And if uh, you guys go to our website, we're giving away, I think, a $40,000 Airstream trailer. Last day is Friday oh, uh, to submit your text and fill out your entry form for it. So. Yeah, it's got tags of session on the side of it. So session Airstream trailer hook so up and this go. This Friday the 15th, whatever. Yeah, this is going to air after that. So okay, sorry guys. Ignore that. You're going to miss it. it. It's coming back next summer. <laughs> yeah, so don't be, yeah, don't be worried. Listen next summer. Yeah, it's coming back next summer. Oh man, how did? Or so I love, I love that craft beer has 
that collaborative nature. Right. And I've been seeing more of these, what I would call strange collaborations, only because they're not a brewery to brewery collab. So how did this like partnership with Airstream come about? That's I mean, do you know? It's 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 a good question. I'm not exactly sure. I don't know. I think we reached out to them. Yeah. You know, about a year and a half ago, um, and just said, "Hey, man, we're." We're in Hood River. It's camping central, kiteboarding yeah. central, snowboard ski central. Airstream Trailer is part of the culture in our area. It has been for a long time. Um, similar to Colorado, you see them up and down the highways in the mountains. So I think it was just that perfect, like, hey, guys, this is two brands that could definitely work together. Yeah. Um, so I think it started that way, and I think they, they got on board right away and like, hell yeah, let's do this. Sure. And so well, we're, do, we're giving away two this year, and who knows what happens next And I wonder year. if that jump on board was, I mean, I feel like they're a classic brand that in the past five or ten-ish years have been trying to, like, revive themselves from being that stale old. Right. What you saw, you know, your parents driving around right. in the 50s, 60s, 70s, or whenever when their heyday was to, yeah. you know, we still make these cool-ass fucking trailers. That yeah. They're expensive, but... They are rad as shit. The last year for generations. Yeah, exactly. And I've seen plenty of people try to like you know kind of mimic, not necessarily the exterior, but like what they do in the interiors right. now. Like, I, remember, I think we did a marketing study on this in, in college at one point, and it was about rebranding and how they went from they were trying to like go from like that mom and pop camper to a luxury not necessarily luxury but just like a super nice trailer yeah yeah Yeah, everything in the inside was nice it's like something you could live in see yourself staying in on a regular basis that type of stuff so i mean from you know talking through that i could see why they'd be like yeah let's 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 attach ourselves to a beer brand and let's let's do some shit there because why not for sure because people can't like to drink beer i mean i do both those things well and i think you know, going back to when we were kids and like remembering what, you know, mild man drank or things like that, like in the Northwest specifically, sure. um, you guys know about Olympia. It's kind of like the PBR yeah. of Washington, yeah. right? So, yeah. about, I think. Oh my God, that is the worst beer. Oh, it's horrible, <laughs> right? But it was what, if you grew up in the Northwest at our age in your 30s or 40s, what you saw your dad drinking. And. Olympia had the same exact bottle that we used for session, and we bought the rights to it. So when Olympia stopped selling 12-pack, 11-ounce stubby bottles, Full Sail saw an opportunity to put a retro label and a really good, affordable craft beer in it. And so people would already have that recollection with that stubby bottle. So we bought the rights to the bottle 13 years, 14 years ago, and started brewing session lager. For that reason of looking back at what you remember your dad and grandpa drinking and being able to drink something 10 times better <laughs> yeah, um, right. out of the same vessel and retro packaging. Not so. being super disappointed when you took a sip out of that bottle. Yeah, yeah completely. <laughs> I didn't realize you guys had bought the, I guess I, I wouldn't have known because I didn't drink Olympia beforehand yeah. because that would have happened well before I was legal to drink. Yeah, but, most people don't know uh, unless you grew up there. Yeah, the first time I ever had it was... I think in Chicago, and that's like what they sell at basically. Uh, uh, what's the goddamn pharmacy now? I don't know. It used to be like the, from what I remember, it was like the first beer here. I think your phone might be buzzing. Us. Yeah, there you go. Thanks. Uh, goddamn, I'm not gonna be able to think of it. It's it's. Walgreens. There it is. Oh yeah. Yeah yeah. Because that. Sold there. Yeah yeah. That's I, that's why I always thought I was like oh. Olympia, that's that's Walgreens beer. Right. Like right. that's my first like <laughs> thought and acknowledgement of fucking Olympia. So it's funny. 
I had shitty beer. <laughs> it was like I don't drink it. Really, see, the one beer I can't take is Bud Light for whatever oh, reason. Man, I can't drink that I, either. Like I'll, I will power through some Olympia. I'll power through almost anything else, but Bud Light for whatever reason. I don't know if it's just I. I and I, the thing is, like, I can't say that I ever overdid it on Bud Light because I can't think of a time. Even in college, we we would usually drink like Milwaukee's best. That's all we drink light. in Wisconsin, man. Yeah, the Beast. Yeah, Beast yeah. and Beast Ice. Yeah. Oh god. Fuck! I did Natty Ice one night playing beer pong. Woke up on the bathroom floor oh, for the first time. Which, oh, we could go on and on about this. I woke up on the bathroom floor on uh, Saturday morning. So I mean, it's not like I quit doing that shit. No. But. Yuck! I can do Coors Light and. Coors Original. Oh, yeah. PBR, and that's it. Have you ever had BBR light? No, and I'm probably never going to. Have you ever? <laughs> no. I went to Canada once, and uh, we went to the beer store. And I don't know if you've ever been to Canada, but they literally have a place called the beer store because that's where you buy your beer. Right. And uh, <laughs> we were looking at the options. They have, like, a menu, and then they, they roll it out to you on a conveyor belt or, like, a roller thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said, oh, you guys have PBR light? Yeah. I'll, I'll get I'll get a case of that and then like two of Molson or something like, you guys must be from America, right? Like hell yeah, I am. <laughs> Give me that PBR light. Oh, <laughs> I, was, I didn't know that was a thing. Does like, it need to be lighter? I don't get. I don't it. think it. I mean, yeah, no, it's it doesn't. I saw it once or twice at Argonaut, and I'm like, oh, do I buy it because? Yeah, it's like a different blue. Yeah, it's a slightly lighter blue. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it's. Yeah, I've seen it. It's dumb, but when I see it like that. I also have this novelty thing about bad beer where if I see a beer that's terrible and, like, Bud Light excluded, but if I see, like, Ice House or fucking Mickey's or something, I'm like, I will drink that just to make people around me like, what? Why? What the fuck? <laughs> you know, it's that masochistic exib- exhibitionist oh, or whatever God. in me there that... Yes. <laughs> that It's from watching too many, too many years of Jackass. Yeah. I'm oh, like yeah. a beer Johnny Knoxville. So I probably have till the latest I could be here is to probably five thirty-five. All right, man. I have to get my daughter the latest I can pick her up. All right, well let's let's just dip into the third section then. So, Sweet. all right. So unfortunately, you know, Pete had to dip off. Um, normally, he's got a full set of questions uh, for the third section that we're calling loaded questions that uh, he calls strife of the party. Since he's not here, we don't have to explain him that much. Uh, mine have always been more straight-up, would-you-rather type questions. Ooh, good. Um, yeah, so I'm going through my list here to see what I think might be a good one. We're not connected at this point, are we? Or are we? To the internet? To the... Oh, no, we're recording, yeah. Oh, we are, okay. Cool. Yeah, we're just not... I can't uh, hear anything now. Oh, yeah. In fact, we don't even need these on, really. Okay, sweet. Yeah. If you can hear me, then we're good. Oh, yeah, sweet. Yeah, those are strictly here, Pete. Cool. Um, all right, so would you rather... All right, I'm, I'm going to start with the classic one that I like to ask people. I don't think I've asked this in a while. Would you rather time travel back to try the original beers ba- made by the ancients as they originally were, or time travel forward to see what crazy fucking beers our society ends up creating? <laughs> I definitely would go back in time to see yeah. where the root of beer started. Yeah, for man. For sure. Hands down. That's, that's an easy one. That's me, too. I, you know, I, I homebrew a little bit. I don't know if you do at all, but it's it's interesting like to me where I've read enough about grains and stuff to know right. the grains we use today don't match at all the grains we no. had back, or we, they had back in the day. So. Right. Um, all right. <laughs> I don't think I've asked this one in a while either. This one's really dumb. 
Would you rather be stuck alone on a desert island with only Kanye West and a magic wheel that produces any beer you want, or be stuck in a utopian society that has wonderful people but only macro beer? Oh, shit. I'd have to go with Kanye and unlimited <laughs> you'd take, beer. You'd, you'd take Kanye? I think I would. I mean, I'd break that guy down. Probably. Yeah, I'd turn, yeah we'd get the douchebag out of him. Get, and get him make, enough, get him enough, like, super triple barrel aged, yeah. whatever, oh, yeah. out of that well. And oh, yeah. He'll probably, he'll probably break that facade down a little bit. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> All right, good. I'm glad you like that one. <laughs> I, I really don't think I've asked that one in a while. Um... All right, this one's a little bit, uh, I don't know, kind of darker, I guess. Would you yeah. rather go temporarily blind or deaf while drunk? Like, as you get drunk, you either go more one or the other. Oh, deaf, for sure. Yeah. You know, I, I feel like, uh, you know, when you black out, you don't remember any of those. You know, you don't remember what you saw or what you heard anyways. But yeah. if, as long as I could see to get home. That's true. I think that's smart. I don't need to hear the bullshit that's going on at last call. And I feel like some people, myself included, definitely pointing at myself, my hearing goes to shit the drunker I get. Oh, yeah. And maybe it's not because my hearing actually goes worse. It's just I'm too busy talking to actually listen to what's going on. So right. <laughs> at that's that point, probably the same for me. Yeah. At that point, I wouldn't be literally losing out on anything. No. It's a win. Would you rather have no taste buds or all booze, beer, liquor, anything, taste like warm, weak-old piss? Oh, uh, what? So no taste buds at all. No taste buds at all. Or all booze, taste like warm, weak-old piss. Fuck, I'd have to say the second the latter because i love food <laughs> and i have to have my taste buds and my palate is something i've developed yeah. over i guess at, 20 years like as a restaurant like beer uh, bar owner that's kind of probably a mean fucking question because yeah it's hard <laughs> that's tough i mean if everything tastes like piss on the alcohol side yeah that sucks but i still i could taste food yeah which is good get a nice cheeseburger chaser with anything you're drinking yeah yeah i'd figure a way around it um <laughs> All right, this we'll do. We'll do this one for our last one. Would you rather be stuck in a hangover for thirty days or an acid trip for thirty days? Like you got the, you know, the hangover, headache, nausea, possibly the shits, or an acid trip for thirty days. I'd have to say hangover, because I can work. I've 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 done this for a long time, and I can be very <laughs> functional with a hangover. <laughs> right. And I could still drink on a hangover. So that's true. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely would say. Yeah, I can be in my element, hungover, and <laughs> you know, s- still make it happen. That's the other thing I say about adulthood: is I learn how to <laughs> operate. God, you have to slightly deficient uh, have on to, a regular man. basis. I mean, if you're having a great time on a Wednesday night and you got to work the next day, I'm sure as hell getting up, cold shower, you know, nice stiff coffee, and then a lunch beer. I'm good. Yeah, like, yeah <laughs> right? I'm just, still hungover, but just, just one more to at least get you on track. Yeah, kind of yeah. save those shakes yeah, off a little, little bit. A little hair of the dog <laughs> with a shaky beer in your hand. Yeah. And, you know, you're not the only one at the bar having that problem. Right. At that point in time, you're like, yeah, you look around like, I know what all of you are up to right now. <laughs> yep, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> hell yeah. Sweet. Well, hey, man, Kyle, thanks for joining us. Uh, you know, appreciate uh, sharing your insight on Full Sail and uh, yeah. sharing the news on this uh, Citra Maxima Pale Ale. That's I'm looking forward to trying that out. Yeah, me too, for sure. Appreciate um, it, guys. I don't know. Do, do you know any of like any social media stuff or anything that you want to plug like right now? 
Not really. I mean, we got GABF coming up this year. That's true. Um, we're doing Pints for Prostates, which is at Civic Center on, I believe it's Friday afternoon, which right is on. a super rare beer tasting. We're bringing out a bunch of rare beer from the cellar at Full Sail. Um, and I got a bunch of events planned all downtown. Uh, our fresh hop beer hits here at Lands, I think, tomorrow. Uh, we oh, did nice. win the Falling Rock Fresh Hop Festival last year out of 40 breweries. Really? We all weren't right. even on the ballot, and people hand wrote us in. We use an eight pounds of wet, picked within six hours and thrown in the kettle, Magnum uh, wet hops. Ooh, yeah, okay. And it's a pale ale, so the same base as that Citrus Maximus. It's the dankiest fresh hop, wet hop beer you will ever have. Um, and we're going to hopefully defend our title at the Falling Rock Fresh Hop Festival. And you'll see that being tapped on Wednesday night at GABF at Falling Rock and uh, other multiple locations throughout Denver uh, the week of GABF. Awesome. Yeah, good stuff. Well, thanks again for joining us, and uh, hopefully we'll do this again sometime and yeah. see what else is going on. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Appreciate it. Absolutely. Thanks for joining us on the Beer and Loathing Podcast. You can find us at www.beerletternloathing.com, like Guns N' Roses, and you can do that on all the other social media things, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are Beer and Loathing. The only place we're a little different is YouTube, where we don't own, well, I, we own, but we don't have the access to Beer and Loathing, so it's tune in, get drunk. So tune in, get drunk, and you can watch our weekly chug videos and some other random bullshit that we put out from time to time.